argument. Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. If you're there, say amen. 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 If you're glad you're saved, say glory. glory. Amen. Look at verse number one. This one, a very familiar portion of scripture. And I texted somebody this morning. I said, it amazes me how I've read this portion. I've preached out this portion many times. How I was reading and getting stuff together for this morning. I said, I've seen something. It's always been there. I just didn't notice it until I was getting it together for this morning. But look at verse number one. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, was uh, the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press or the crowd, because he was of, or he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he walked that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? Not what he said. He said, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And then they that saw it were excited and congratulated Zacchaeus. They all murmured, saying that he has gone to be guest with the man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my good I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save all those that have it together and have it figured out and are doing well in life. Now the Bible says the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray and then you can have a seat. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for wonderful song service. Lord, thank you. Lord, for your blood that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. Lord, it's the reason why we're redeemed this morning. It's the reason why we worship and we praise you. And we're so grateful, Lord, because your blood has made a great change in our lives. Lord, it's brought us from death to life, from blindness to sight. Lord, we were crippled, but now we walk. Lord, you have completely and totally changed us. Lord, the old man is dead. Behold, all things have become new. Lord, what wonderful power is in your blood this morning. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you'd hide me behind the cross of Calvary. God, would you get me out of myself, Lord, and fill me with the Spirit of God. I pray, Lord, this morning that you'd simply use me for your glory. God, would I just get to be a mouthpiece, Lord, meet for the Master's use this morning. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here that's lost, Lord, they don't know you as a personal Lord and Savior. Lord, they're not 100% sure if they were to die right now, they're going to go to heaven. I pray, Lord, you'd work in their heart through the service this morning. Lord, you're the only one that can, can convict. Lord, you're the only one that can lead. And God, you're the only one that can save. Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd do that work this morning if it's necessary and needed. And Lord, for those of us, Lord, that are saved, Lord, we, we know it. We have Bible reasons to prove it. God, would you work on our hearts this morning about the great need of the gospel. We love you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You can have a seat this morning. Thank you so much for standing and praying with me and reading the word of God with me. Uh, because honestly, this morning, uh, what I have to say pales in comparison with what the word of God has already said to us this morning. But we often take Zacchaeus, little Zacchaeus, and we, we leave him in children's church. That's a children's church song. We sing about little Zacchaeus and a wee little man was he. Can I say this morning, I don't care who you are, please don't call me a wee little man. 
and I won't call you a wee little man. I think that's one of the greatest insults a man can tell. Another, you're just a wee little man, right? Those are pretty much fighting words, but we take Zacchaeus and we, we leave him in children's church and he's the children's church song and, and the kids sing the song and that's about it. But you gotta realize the story of Zacchaeus this morning is one of the greatest accounts of salvation in your Bible, it's, it's clear cut, it's clearly defined and when the story is over and the account is done, you cannot walk away from him and say, well, I wonder if Zacchaeus really got saved. I wonder if Zacchaeus really trusted Christ. The evidence is there and yes, he may be a little man. I was gonna preach this morning at Midget with a mighty message, but this morning I'm gonna preach on this thought, little is much when God gets in it. Little is much when God gets in it. Zacchaeus was living proof of that this morning. He was a little man who became great once God moved into his life. I believe every person can experience salvation just like Zacchaeus did by examining exactly how Zacchaeus got saved by the grace of God. I want you to know, number one this morning, what held Zacchaeus back? What held Zacchaeus back from getting or getting saved or getting to the Lord? This one, verses one through four, we'll cover in point number one. But to say that Zacchaeus had come up short in life would not only be a cruel pun, but it would be an accurate description. It would be an accurate truth. As a matter of fact, this morning, you and I are in the same, or are or we're in the same boat as Zacchaeus this morning. Oh, preacher, I'm not short of stature. Preacher, I've never come up short. I, I've always met and done what I was supposed to do this morning. I kind of said the Bible says for all have come short of the glory of God this morning. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God this morning. And in essence, this morning, all of us were like Zacchaeus. Physically, morally, spiritually, emotionally, we have come up short. Oh no, preacher, I've been good and I've done my best and I've been honest and, and I, I do everything that I'm supposed to do, preacher. The Bible says that God expects and demands perfection this morning. Can I ask you this morning, have you been absolutely 100% all the time, day in and day out, day after day, perfect? Never made a mistake, never, never did anything. The Bible says that Jesus never did anything amiss. That means he didn't do it out of order can I say this morning, I feel like I live a life of a mist sometimes. I feel like things are just, I don't know where to go next and what to do next. But Jesus never had that. But the Bible says not just that we are out of order, but we've sinned, we've come short, we've transgressed God's holy law. Here's the interesting thing, you look up Zacchaeus' name, and his name means pure. Without fault, without issue, without problem. But you look at Zacchaeus' life, and you find out Zacchaeus was anything but pure. His motives weren't pure. His heart wasn't right. His desires were not godly. The Bible says, preacher, how in the world can you tell that? Well, notice verse number one. The Bible says that Zacchaeus, though he was a man of short stature, he was chief among the publicans. Can I say this morning, I, I, even in 2023, going back all the way to Bible days, publicans today still don't have a good reputation. Preach, you talking about Republicans, and no, I'm talking about tax collectors. Can I say this morning, I don't know about, I don't, I don't know how you spend your money. I don't, I don't know what, what, how excited you get, but I've never been, oh, you're gonna increase taxes? That's wonderful. I have such a joy. 7%, why don't you make it 23%? I mean, it's so much fun to pay taxes. But we realize today in Zacchaeus' day, 
It wasn't you go to the store and it was added on to the end of your bill. Zacchaeus would go from house to house, from family to family, he'd knock on the door, an agent of the Roman government, and say, the Caesar demands this much from you. And what he would do is he would inflate that price of what he was supposed to return to Caesar for a little cut for himself. And here's the thing, he's successful at How do you know, preach? Look at verse number one. Not only was he a chief publican, but he was rich. Zacchaeus had made his wealth by illegitimate means. He had conned and connived and stolen and was deceitful and deceptive. And he's got so well at it that he's got more than everybody else around him. He's a chief publican. He's a rich man, but he's not pure. His name means one thing. His life says something else. And he said, well, preacher, how in the world do you know that? Because a rich publican had to be a crooked publican. Because Rome demanded a lot out of those that were under its heading. And it didn't just take a little bit. In order for him to be rich, he's cheated and he stole from everybody around him. But to make it even worse than that, he's cheated and stole from those who are like him. The Bible says later on, Jesus said he's the son of Abraham. He's a Jew. And it'd be one thing we would commend him, we'd call him Robin Hood if he went to the Roman government and stole from them and gave it back to the Jews. But he's stealing from his own people to make himself rich where his own people suffer. So in order, you could say it's easy to understand why people looked at Zacchaeus and the reason why they did not like him was not because of his stature, not because of the fact that he was a small man, not because of any physical issue. It was because he was a crooked man. And the Bible says in verse number one, as Jesus has entered into Jericho, Zacchaeus says, you know what? I want to see this man. But I want you to notice there's some things that held him back. First of all, there was a crowded approach. Verse number three, it says, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press. There was a great crowd. As you study your Bible, find out in Jesus' earthly ministry, once he's revealed and once he has, he has stepped out in the public arena, in the public eye, anywhere Jesus goes, there's a crowd following and not just few handfuls, but we're talking hundreds of thousands upon ten thousands. They're, they're crowding the hillsides and everywhere. They're, they're taking up the roads. And here, Zacchaeus says, boy, I would like to see Jesus, but there's a crowd ahead of me. And there's little Zacchaeus, I don't know how tall he was, but there's little Zacchaeus somewhere in there and he can't see over everybody. But here's what I find, in, I love my King James Bible. I love how it reads. And I think every word that's inspired is in there is inspired this morning and put in position in order for a specific reason. But look at verse number three. The Bible said he sought to see Jesus, who he was. It wasn't just I want to observe him and I want to see what he looks like. You could say it this way, I want to see him for who he is. But notice this, there was a crowd. And you gotta realize with a crowd comes opinions. With a crowd comes persuasions. With a crowd comes differences. 
And Zacchaeus says, I will settle for what the crowd is saying about Jesus. I want to see him for who he really is. We live in a generation and a time because of social media and because of the access to, to connectivity and all that kind of stuff. Everybody's got an opinion and everybody wants to share it. Boy, in 2023, it is hard to look to the crowd and to look to society and to look to our, our, our country and all, of, all that kind of stuff this morning and to see Jesus for who he really is. Thank God we have a Bible this morning. Because the crowd can miscategorize him. The crowd can mislabel him. Matter of fact, the crowd said crucify him. But the Bible will always tell you who Jesus is. And little Zacchaeus, well, I'm going to get to heaven. He's going to fight me. <laughs> little Zacchaeus says, I'm not going to take the crowd's opinion. I want to see him for who he is and for who he was. Notice this morning there was a crowded approach. It can be hard for one, re for one to really know the Lord is unless they meet him for themselves. Notice, number one, there is a crowded approach. But there's also number four, or excuse me, verse number four, a climbing approach. A climbing approach. Look at verse number four. And he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. Zacchaeus looks at that crowd and said, I ain't, I ain't fighting to that. Ah, that's, that's just too much there. But notice this, he, he looks at the crowd and he says, I know how to get above them. I know how to get a better vantage point than them. I know how to, how, how, to, how to elevate myself to a place where the Lord's going to take notice of me. And I'm going to be able to see him and he's going to see me. And, and instead of trying to fight through the crowd, Zacchaeus said, I'll just get above the crowd. I'll do better than the crowd. We don't realize how dangerous it is to trust our own good works. We've got to realize there's Zacchaeus and he's climbing up that sycamore tree one step in the wrong direction. One step in the wrong place, this story ends a whole lot different. It would end like this. And Zacchaeus fell and he died. And you've got to realize this morning, you can trust in your works all you want to. You can think yourself good enough. You can think yourself smart enough, rich enough, fill in the blank. You can think all those things about you, but there's going to come a moment where you're going to realize none of that matters. May I encourage you to come to that realization before it's too late? Because once you step off into eternity, there is no coming back this morning. One misstep and everything goes, comes crashing down. It got him above the crowd. But notice this, it didn't get him no closer to Jesus. He was above everybody else. I could see him. He's, he's looking down like, oh, y'all ain't going to see him like I'm going to see him. He's going to be impressed with me. He's going to say, look at that fella doing all that hard work to me. I'm going I'm to have to go reward him for his hard work. But notice he got above the crowd, but he didn't get no closer to Jesus. Not only was there a climbing approach, not only was there a crowded approach, notice this, there was a concerned approach. <laughs> look at verse number four. The Bible said in he ran before and he climbed up in the sycamore tree for he was to pass that way. Zacchaeus thought, boy, if I can just get around him, if I can just get near him per se, or if I can see the way that he's going, that'll be good enough for me. What does it say? Because, right there, before, for he was to pass that way. Can I say this morning, it's, uh, it's, it's one thing to be around the Lord but it's a completely different thing to know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. 
You may know the right things to do. You may know the right place to go. You may know the right things to say. But knowing about God and knowing God are completely different things. Here Zacchaeus knew where the Lord was going to go, but Zacchaeus did not know who the Lord was. And he did not know him on a personal level. Being around the Lord and knowing the Lord are completely, let me ask you this one, do you know him? Point blank, do you know the Lord? Oh, preacher, I know him. Or do you just know about him? You know where his people meet. You know where his presence is. You're in the right place. You're around the right people. We have the right book this morning. But do you know him? Notice there's a concerned approach. Then notice verse number one, we see Christ's approach. Look at verse number one. The Bible says, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Let me ask you, what held Jesus back from getting to Zacchaeus? Absolutely nothing. I want you to realize this morning, Zacchaeus has got word that Jesus was coming to town, that Jesus was passing through Jericho. And Zacchaeus said, I've got to get to where he was. And what he fails to realize is that Jesus in his heart already knows where Zacchaeus is going to be, already knows where Jericho is, and says, you know what? I'm going to go through Jericho. There's going to be a little man up in a tree, and I'm going to save his soul, and he's trying to find me. But what he doesn't realize, I've already been looking for him. I already know where he is. And here's the interesting thing. This ain't the first time the Lord's come through Jericho. Earthly ministry, I don't know if this is the first time, but you take your Bibles, you turn back to Joshua this morning. Joshua chapter number two. Those spies are sent out from Israel into Jericho. And the Bible says that they go and they find Rahab the harlot. And she covers for them and she, she protects them and she's given a scarlet thread. And she's to hang in the window. And when judgment comes, Rahab's life and her family's life is saved. It's as if the Lord has a pattern here. I'm going to walk into Jericho and save the one person that nobody likes. That nobody thinks can do anything. That nobody thinks will amount to anything. That nobody thinks will ever change. And God says, just wait until I show up. He finds Rahab, the harlot in chapter 2 of Joshua. And here he finds Zacchaeus, the publican. In, in Luke chapter number 19 this morning, the Lord seems to have a pattern in Jericho. <laughs> Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus. Jesus had a greater desire to see Zacchaeus. We see Christ approach. What's holding you back this morning from receiving Christ as your Savior? We see what held Zacchaeus back. We found out Christ could work through all of that. What was holding Zacchaeus back was not holding Jesus back this morning. And whatever it is this morning that you're holding on to or is holding you back, can I say Jesus can save you through it and in spite of it this morning? Notice number two, not only do we see what held him back, but notice number two, how he responded. How he responded. Now, how many believe this one? We should strive to be like the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Amen, he's the perfect example. I ought to strive to be like the Lord. Can I say in this instance, I, I think, I, think I, I could have done what the Lord did here. <laughs> Hold on a second, preacher. What are you trying to say? Give me a second. Let me explain myself. What do you mean you could, you could do what the Lord could do? If I knew that there was a midget up in a tree, I'd look up too. <laughs> look what happens right there in verse number five. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, can I say if I had word and knowledge that there was a, a little person up in the tree, I'd look up too and say, how in the world? Did you get up there? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people. If something's odd going on, 
how did this happen? How did you, what are you doing up there? But notice here, the Lord doesn't have any questions for him, but he's got some commands for him. Here's the thing, we're not really looking at the Lord's response. We're looking at Zacchaeus' response. Notice verse number five, <coughs> excuse me this morning. It was a zoned in focus. Verse number five, Jesus came to the place and he looked up and saw him. In essence, Zacchaeus didn't have the question, Lord, who are you talking to? Because they were looking eyeball to eyeball. You ever had a conversation with somebody and you know, you know they're talking to you, why? Because they're looking you in your God-given eyeball. And here's the thing this morning, a lot of times we come into church, a lot of times the Holy Spirit begins to deal and he knows that we're, he's dealing, or we know that he's dealing with us, but we try to say, all right, Lord, who, who's this for? Lord, who are you dealing, Lord, if you're dealing with somebody this morning, have your will in a way this morning. Can I say this morning, we ought to come to church and say, Lord, deal with me. Deal with me, Lord, because I need to be dealt with. But it was a zone, in, in essence, this morning, the Lord deals directly with people. He's a personal God. When God convicted me of my need for salvation, I didn't think, well, I wonder who I'm supposed to be praying for. I wonder who this is actually for. I sat in my living room that day and I knew it was for me. And I believe this one, when the Lord looked at Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus didn't say, you talking to the other midget in the tree? Or are you talking to me? Notice it was a zone in focus. So the Holy Spirit is convicting you. It isn't for the person next to you. It's for you this morning. It's a zone in focus. Notice there at verse number five, there was a humbling command. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down. For today I must abide at thy house. That phrase, make haste, means quickly. It means go now. It means now or never attitude, not on your schedule. In essence, the Lord said, I'm passing through. If Zacchaeus, you don't come down, I'm gonna keep going on. Your opportunity, Zacchaeus, but if you do not respond in the direct manner, I will pass on. <laughs> Notice the next phrase. Make haste, what? Come down. Come down, Zacchaeus. Here's Zacchaeus. He's got above the crowd. He's got a vantage point that nobody else has. He's, he's, he's elevated. And the Lord says, all right, that's cute and all, but come down. That's not how you meet me. It's, it's, see, a lot of times our, our natural man, our natural mind says, I've got to get to where God is. I've got to work, I've got to earn, I've got to impress, I've got to show off so God, so I, I can get on God's level. Can, I, can you realize this morning, the fact the Lord was even in Jericho in earthly form tells us that he had left heaven, put on the flesh of man, became the, become, become the, the, the man, Christ Jesus. He's the, yes, he's God, but he's 100% man as well at the same time. And he's literally come down from heaven to where man is. And he's telling Zacchaeus, you do not get to me by elevating yourself. You get to me by meeting me where I am. And he's, in essence, he's saying, Zacchaeus, I've already left the pools of glory to come down to where you are. If you'll just meet me where I am, you can have what I'm offering. How many this morning that you and I don't have to work our way to heaven? We don't have to figure it out. It's not a 10-step, 12-step step program this morning. It is the fact that Christ came. He was born of virgin. He lived perfectly. He died on the cross of Calvary. He was put in the grave. He rose up the third day. And he said, if you want what I have, you've got to meet me where I am. He said, but don't worry, I've come to where you are. So you don't have to worry about coming to where I am and trying to elevate yourself, a humbling command. Our mind says we have to ascend to God's level. God came to us so that we could meet him this morning. There's a humbling command. 
Notice a direct invitation. Verse number five, for today I must abide at thy house. That song says, that song says, he tells that kids come down for, for I, I must have lunch at your house today. Now, I'm being a Baptist, I'm not against that. I think eating lunch is a wonderful thing. But Jesus didn't say, hey, we, we gotta share meals, that kids. He said, I wanna abide at your house. I wanna abide at your house. And there's great power in that word abide. Notice, first of all, he said, but it's a must. It is necessary. There's, no, there's need of it. it. It behooves me is what that word gives us. And the Lord said, it's necessary for me to remain at your house. Abide. To continue to be. Zacchaeus had a choice to make an invitation to respond to. Am I going to come down? Am I going to humble myself from my elevated position and go where the Lord is and invite him in? We see this morning there's a humbling command. There's a direct invitation. In verse number six, there's a joyful response. What does Zacchaeus do? Look at verse number six. He made haste. And he can't, there's obedience there. Obedience to what? The word of God. <laughs> Can I say this morning, you can't get saved without being obedient to the word of God? Salvation doesn't come by any other form, any other fashion outside of what the word of God teaches this morning. And the Bible says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved this morning. The Bible gives us clear instructions on, on the, the road to salvation. How does a man get born again? Do what the Bible has laid out for us this morning. It's not a work. It's an acceptance of a gift. It's, 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 it's by faith through grace this morning. It is because we, aren't, we don't deserve it. We don't earn it. But we simply believe that Jesus is the one this morning. There's a direct invitation. There's a joyful response. He is immediately obedient. And he made haste. And he came down and the Bible said he received him joyfully. He received him immediately, humbly, and joyfully. How do you know Zacchaeus got saved, preacher? Well, it said he received him joyfully. You ever heard somebody say this? How do you know you're saying, well, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I received his free gift of salvation. And here's Zacchaeus, he's, he's really like, he had an epiphany, he had a, a, a come to himself meeting, he, whatever it was up in the tree, he said, you know what, my way's not working. I got up here thinking the Lord was gonna come to me and I realized I gotta get down to where he is so I can, I can receive him joyfully. Let me ask you more, are you gonna respond to Christ's invitation for salvation this morning? May the Lord's dealing with your heart right now and I'm not trying to scare you, nothing like that. But maybe the Lord's been dealing with your heart, maybe not just this morning, but wow, about this issue of salvation. He's allowed you to be here this morning so you can understand exactly how one gets saved by the grace of God. And he's telling you, he's reminding you, he's working in your heart saying, I can do that for you if you just let me. How are you gonna respond to Christ's invitation for salvation? Notice number three this morning. Notice how Zacchaeus changed. How Zacchaeus changed. Look at verse number seven through nine this morning. You will come to God as you are but he will not leave you as you are. Biblical salvation is a salvation that changes you. The Bible said, behold, old things are passed away. All things become new. And if something is old and something is new, that means they are not the same, they are different. And when you get saved by the grace of God, you may not understand the, all the change that has taken place, but you'll understand there's a change that has taken place. There's something different about you and about your life. He'll change you immediately. Here's the thing. We don't have to wait a lifetime to see a change in Zacchaeus. We see it immediately. 
I mean, verse number one, he's a rich publican. He's stealing, he's, he's, he's conniving, he's, he's made a, a wealth for himself. Then he gets saved in verse number six. He receives Christ joyfully. Verse number seven, there's some critiques. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he has gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus said, you know what, you're right. That's what I am. I'm a sinner. But here's what I find interesting. Verse, verse number three, Zacchaeus doesn't know He's trying to get around the crowd. He's trying to get through the crowd. And he, he's, he, the crowd's holding him back. Notice it's the same crowd that has kept Zacchaeus from the Lord is now trying to keep Zacchaeus from the Lord. <laughs> In essence, the crowd doesn't change, but Zacchaeus does. Verse number seven, what they're telling Zacchaeus is, Zacchaeus, you don't deserve Jesus. Somebody like you ought not to be saved. Somebody like you ought not to be forgiven. Somebody like you ought not to be uh, one of his children, one of his disciples, one of his followers. Can I say this morning, I can raise my hand and agree with that, kids? I don't deserve it either. I haven't earned none of it this morning. Nothing that I've done, in essence, there's anybody who ought not to be saved by the grace of God this morning, you're looking at them. Look at verse number eight. How does Zacchaeus deal with the crowd now? And the Bible said, and Zacchaeus stood. He said, I ain't trying to get around y'all no more. I ain't trying to get through y'all no more. Here's how you deal with the negative comments. Here's how you deal with the, the false accusations. Here's how you deal with those who don't understand what Jesus has done for you. What did Zacchaeus do? He stood, but who did he stand with? The Bible said, and he stood and he said unto the Lord. In order for them to have a conversation, they gotta be standing close to one another. I don't think Zacchaeus is hollering over the crowd. I think he's standing right next to him. Here's Zacchaeus who, beginning of the chapter, he don't know what to do with the crowd. End of the chapter, he said, you know what? I don't care about the crowd. I know who I'm standing next to. I know what he's done for me. I know how he's changed me. I, I, I know what he's, the difference that he's made into me. Zacchaeus stood. He, he said, I know, but I know who I'm standing with. He deals with the crowd. Notice this, he deals with reconciliation. Look at verse number eight. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I'll restore him fourfold. See, Zacchaeus could have said, you know what, he could have easily said this, you know what, I'm saved by the grace of God. Thank God that my past has been forgiven and I'm going to leave it right there. I think one of the telltale signs of a Christian is their willingness to reconcile things. It's easy for us to say, you know what? Yes, I wronged you, and yes, I, 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 I did something that I wasn't supposed to do, and I, I, I did all those kind of things, and then I, but then I got saved, so you know, you're just going to have to deal with it. Here's that kiss. And the moment he, he, he steps back and says, you know what? I am a sinner. And he's not buying his salvation here, but rather he's working from his salvation. Now all of a sudden, a crooked man has compassion. <laughs> Notice this. He doesn't make the vow to the people. He doesn't make the vow to the crowd. He looks at the Lord and says, Lord, a half of my goods I'm going to give to the poor. And he said, if I've taken anything, and, and I don't think Zacchaeus was saying, well, you know, if I've taken anything, like I'm not sure that I have or not. I think Zacchaeus was saying, I knew I have, and if I have, I'm going to restore to them fourfold. I'm, I'm willing to show them. I'm willing to let them see firsthand that what I have done 
And what God has done in me is not a mere show. It's not a mere emotional response. The Holy Spirit and God now has, has saved me and changed me. And I want to let it, people see. Could you imagine? <laughs> that Chaos walks back to the poor house or the house of the poor that he has confiscated money from, that he's taken force from. And I can see them looking out the window, scar on their face. Oh, here comes the midget again. Take our money. I don't know why that man calls himself a Jew. All he does is rob us and give it to the Romans. Ought to call himself a Roman. Knocks on the door. We'll be right there, Zacchaeus. Open the door. What do you want, Zacchaeus? I don't think he says anything. He just pulls out his wallet. This is for you. What's wrong with you, Zacchaeus? Normally when you come around here, you take from us. He said, well, I got a gift that I can't outgive. And I told him I was going to, I told the Lord I was going to give back half of what I had to the poor. And it's yours. No strings attached. It's not a trick. I'm not a Roman agent. I'm a Christian now. I'm saved by the grace of God. Then he goes back to another house and, and once again, here comes the miser, the tax collector. And he, they open the door and they say, what do you want, Zacchaeus? Taxes aren't due until next week. He said, well, I gotta be honest with you. I've been overcharging you. The Romans told me to take up this much, but I added my own charge on there and I didn't report it. And it was, let's say, $100, but I made a promise to God, here's $400 back. I gotta get this right. What happened to you, Zacchaeus? I met a man named Jesus. And I'm just not the same anymore. Well, I wonder if there's some people in our lives that they know we're saved. They know that we claim that we're saved. And there's something in our past. We can't go fix everything. We can't, we can't solve all the problems. But there's some issues that we have left unresolved. That if we had just come to them and say, listen, I know I hurt you. I know I did things that I'm not proud of. I know I said things I should not have said. But I met the Lord. And I want to get these things right. I want to get them resolved. I wonder if there's some lost people this morning. Well, I never thought about it like this. I wonder if there's some lost people this morning. They're one apology away from salvation. One act of reconciliation away from salvation this morning. Of us just saying, listen, I'm a Christian now. And I need to get this right. They will look at you and say, what? You ain't the person I remember from years ago. What's changed in you? You'll be able to get it and say, just like Zacchaeus did, I met the Lord. He's made a change in my life. Verse 9 and 10, he became a testimony. Jesus said, verse number 9, and Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation coming. He cleared it up for it. What did Zacchaeus get? He got salvation. He got saved. By, in essence, this, <laughs> it ain't changed this morning. What do you mean by, what do you, preacher, how do you know that you're saved? Jesus told me I was. How did he tell you, preacher? In the word of God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A preacher once told me, or somebody once told me, you can take that whosoever, you can put your name in it. For Satan called upon the name of the Lord, therefore he's saved. 
Right? I've done and I have, I have followed in obedience God's commands this morning. And it's the same way. That, so Jesus cleared up for Zacchaeus. Look, what did Zacchaeus get? He got saved. What did preacher get? What did you get? You got saved. How do you know? Because of the word of God this morning. It becomes a testimony. For as much as also the son of Abraham. In verse number 10. <laughs> God used the one man that nobody liked. For everybody to understand what he was about. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. <laughs> All them people say, How dare Jesus go to Zacchaeus' house? He's a sinner. And Jesus said, That's exactly why I came, is to save sinners. Well, how many glad this morning that he saved you and he changed your life? How many people know your, your testimony? How many people know your story? They know that Jesus made a difference in your life. How many people know because of you, the, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost? Are you willing, are you allowing others to see that same testimony in your life this morning? We see what held him back, but it didn't hold Jesus back. We see how he responded to what was invited to him by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see how he, how he was changed. Has the Lord changed you this morning? Has he saved you this morning? Let's all stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. Little as much when God gets in it.